Um, welcome to Christian Students. We're so glad that you're here. We're so glad you came to our weekly Thursday night ministry series. We call it our ministry series because we like to every week be in the ministry of God's Word. Okay, Every week we need to be under the unfolding, the unpacking of God's Word so that we could have spiritual nourishment. We need that in our Christian life. So we like to do this every week. We like to get together and eat, and then we like to eat again spiritually. Okay? You got that? Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, tonight we're going to be talking about, we're going to be talking about wisdom tonight. This kind of fits under the category of how to thrive as a Christian in college. Say that. How to thrive as a Christian in college. Notice I did not say how to survive. We do want you to survive, okay? But even more than that, we want you to thrive as a Christian in college. So tonight we're going to have a little bit of fellowship, little, I mean special fellowship, you might say, on wisdom. Um, I went here to UT uh, just, I mean, it was so long ago now. You just wouldn't even believe how long ago it was. No, I'm just kidding. And I've been serving here uh, with our club ever since, uh, basically since I graduated, and it's been a wonderful experience, and I'm so glad you guys allowed me to be with you here tonight. Okay, let's read the title at the top all together. Ready, go. I ah, see you guys are picking it up. See, I can tell you're in college, you're learning. We're going to use this sheet that's there in front of you, okay? We're going to use that thing. And you know what? Hey, if you can find a pen, blessed are you, okay? <laughs> blessed are you because you can take a note. You might write something down. You might circle something. God Almighty might have something for you from His Word tonight, okay, that you want to remember. Remember this, or, I mean, you could write this down too. The faintest ink... Is better than the strongest memory, okay? The faintest ink is better than the strongest memory. Okay, so what are we talking about tonight? What is wisdom? I, I, I seriously, I, I want you guys to uh, kind of field some answers here. You're not going to be wrong. Nobody's going to shut you down, okay? What is wisdom? What is wisdom? If, um, if we were going to look at somebody's life and say, wow, they're really wise, what characteristics would cause us to say that? What about a person practically causes us to consider them to be wise? What's, what's wisdom? What's wisdom applied? What's it look like? What is wisdom practically? Go ahead, Bikobi. Good, I like that. Learning from past experiences, very good. What else? Yes. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so good. Knowledge, um, knowing how to apply knowledge, you might say, and people who have lived life longer have that. Okay, what else? Fern, I know you got something up there, big bro. No, I'm just kidding. I don't want to put you on the spot. What we're going to learn from God's Word tonight is that biblically... Biblically, the writers of the Bible and the Holy Spirit who divinely inspired the writers of the Bible, when they talk about wisdom and what it looks like practically, they're talking about how a person spends their time. There's a direct connection biblically between wisdom, being wise, and how somebody spends their time. Don't take my word from it, for it. 
but take the Bible's word for it, okay? So we're going to invite the Apostle Paul tonight in here. He's, he's actually not here, but his words are here, okay? He's going to give us a little fellowship on what wisdom looks like, okay? Right now, we're going to actually read some sentences together, okay? Step back into the second grade classroom with me, okay? We're going to read it all together. Ephesians 5, 15, and 16. Let's read it all together, class. Ready? Go. Okay, look carefully what? Look carefully how you walk. Now, I don't think what the Apostle Paul is talking about is your commute from Jester Dorm uh, to Sanchez, okay? Or your commute from, uh, you know, waking up out of your dorm room and finding that big community bathroom that's somewhere down the hall. That's not what he's talking about. Not that kind of walk, but your daily life, your daily life, your, your walk, the general characteristic, your habits, how you habitually live. He says, do whatever you want. No, that's not what he says. He says, look carefully how you walk. Not as what? Unwise. Not as unwise. Don't walk unwisely, but as wise. Okay, thank you, Apostle Paul. I'd like to walk wisely, walk as if I were wise. Can I get some practical help on that? Would you just, I mean, just unpack that a little bit um, so that I might know how to apply that in my life? Uh, yeah, he, he, yeah, he's going to do that for us right here in the rest of the verse. Verse 16, doing what? Making the best use of the time. How do we walk wisely? You guys are totally in college, I can tell. <laughs> see how you directly, you know, I see that. It's critical thinking. We walk wisely by making the best use of our time. The Greek word there is, is not chronos, time, but kairos. It's literally opportunity, which shows us that in all the seconds of our life, there's an opportunity for us to make the best use of. Okay, that's the Apostle Paul. What if Moses could come and talk to us? I mean, Big Mo, what would he say to us? What would Moses say to us about wisdom and how, how we might gain that or be that? What would he say? Let's read Psalm 90, verse 12 together. Ready? Go. I want you to underline number our days. Number our days. So teach us to number our days that what? Wouldn't it be nice if you could uh, just roll in to Jester City Limits and, and purchase a heart of wisdom? Wouldn't that be nice? You just roll in. I, 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 think I, need, I think I need a heart of wisdom for today. Actually, for the next four years. Let me just go ahead and hit that subscription. I'm going to take that every month, every day, every week. If I wanted to gain a heart of wisdom, Moses, I want to gain a heart of wisdom. What should I do? What would he say? Allie? Number your days. You know what happens when you actually number your days? Is you realize, wow, I've got a limited amount of time here on the earth. And uh, I better stop wasting it. I better, I better use it on, I better find the most valuable Things on earth that I can invest my time in because I only got so much and actually 
it grows less and less every day. You see how that causes you to walk a different way. When you number your days, you realize, I've only got a limited amount of time. So here's the point of the entire message tonight. If you write this down and you remember it, you get it, okay? This is the point. To daily walk with wisdom, some of you are writing, so I'll say it slow. To daily walk with wisdom is to freshly realize what is valuable. To daily walk with wisdom is to freshly realize what is valuable. And you can put a comma in there too if you like. To daily walk with wisdom is to freshly realize what is valuable and to practically spend our time on what is truly worthy. To daily walk with wisdom is to freshly realize what is valuable and to practically spend our time on what is truly worthy. Have you ever thought about the phrase spend, that we spend our time? Have you ever thought about that? Where's our seniors? Big case. Big case is a thinker. Have you ever thought about, bro, why in the English language do we use this phrase spend and time? We spend our time. You ever thought about that? All right, good, good. Why, why in the English language do we have this phrase, we spend our time? Of course, I mean, you can say we use our time, use your time wisely, but specifically, we have, it's very interesting. Normally, we spend what? Money. But we commonly use this phrase, how, how do you spend your time? What are you spending your time on? And the reason is because we have a very common phrase in American culture, time is See, you guys all already know it. Time is money. But here's the thing. Actually, actually time isn't money because time is way more valuable than money. You can always, I can always, I can always give my time to some person or some company in exchange for money. I can give my time to man in exchange for money, but I cannot arrive at the end of my life and give money to my creator in exchange for more time. Does that make sense? Are you tracking with me? I, I can't arrive at the end of my life and say, okay, Lord, I'm here and it's the end. Uh, 15 million for 15 more years. I can't make that exchange. Once the time's gone, it's gone. Time is vastly more valuable than money. And I want you to see what Moses says in Psalm chapter 90, verse 9 and 10. Time is what? What's that heading there? Time's your most valuable commodity as a human being. It's your most, you might say, currency. Time is your most valuable currency, even more than money. Time. Let's read Psalm 90, verse 9 and 10 together. Ready? Go. Okay, stop right there. Stop right there. Everybody sigh with me. <gasps> okay, now try it again. <sighs> Moses says that was your life. You're born. <gasps> and you die. 
We bring our years to an end like a sigh. The years of our life are, they're 70. Moses says, go ahead and give yourself 70 years. Why don't you plan on 70? Or even by reason of strength, 80. So he's saying maybe you're really strong. You're really strong. EJ's big strong. EJ, he's a strong guy with a strong mind. So maybe he can count on 80. If by reason of strength, maybe 80, maybe 80 years, yet their span is but toil and trouble. Moses, how would you describe the span, the whole of the human life? Toil and trouble. How about that? That's no, that's no bueno. That's no bueno. They're what? They're soon gone. Soon gone. Soon gone. And we fly away. So, are you picking up the, the kind of the, you picking up what Brother Moses is fellowshipping with us here? He's saying, hey, actually number your days. Think, think about it. You've got 70 years. Maybe if you're really strong, you've got 80. Here's the real deal, though. We actually don't know how much time we have. Almighty God in His sovereignty has measured out to us a certain portion of time. Maybe it's 70 years. Maybe it's 80. Maybe it's 32. Maybe it's 23. Maybe it's 19. We don't know. If you knew, if you knew God only measured out to you 19 years, how valuable the next year would be to you. How valuable the time, the seconds, the minutes, the Friday nights, the weekends, how valuable they would be to you. You see that? Our most valuable commodity is our time. So, what's the point? The point is, when we spend our time on something then, especially our daily habitual practices, when we spend our time on something regularly, we are making a statement about that thing or object or practice's worth. You get that? I give my time every week to this. I do this every morning. I go and eat there every afternoon. When we commit our time to something daily, regularly, habitually, we are making a statement to the whole world about that object's worth. Does that make sense? You with me? We're making a statement. So I, so I want you to actually think about it. What, what, do, what do I, what do I actually spend my time on? What do I actually, just, just consider right now. You don't have to shout it out loud, but just think about it. Is there anything in my world that just continually, habitually uh, occupies me? Um... Something that might draw my attention always. Um, something that I might continually have before me. Is there anything regularly that, that you might give yourself to, to habitually um, occupy? I'm getting a call right now. <laughs> I want you to consider what, you, what do we actually spend our time on? I didn't even plan that. <laughs> How many hours a day would you say, on average, college students and down, meaning high school students, junior high students, how many hours a day, on average, do you think young people in America spend on some kind of screen? Five? Six? Four? Eight? Okay, you're all wrong. 
It's nine. Eight hours for sleep, eight hours for school, nine hours for screen. That's more than 24 hours. How's that even happen? Don't sleep, exactly. That's how it happened. That's how it happened. So, so how, important, how important are our screens to us? Slightly more important than sleep, which we need to actually exist. Think about it. What do we actually spend our time on? When we give our time to something regularly, habitually, we're making a statement about that object. It may be 2 a.m., and you've got finals that are due, and um, you've got, I, I don't know what you've got going on in your life, but you've got a lot of things going on in your life, and there's so many, you know, the, the, the plates are spinning. You've got all kind of different things going on, and it's 2 a.m., and just got to have more cat gifs. I just, I just got to have them. I got ha- to have more cat videos in my life. I, I, I don't know how I'll, how will I exist if I, if I don't get my daily dose. I, 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 need to, I need to give myself to this or, or just, just let me live somebody else's life 10 seconds at a time. Let me just, yes, I, now I know what, what we give ourselves to time-wise. We're making a statement about that thing's worth. So here's a question. What can I spend my time on that's worth it? That's worth it. Great. Say that again, Holly. Jesus. Jesus. Do we have any business majors in the house? Hey, big dog, what's ROI? You know what ROI is? Okay, that's okay. That's okay. Return on investment. Return on investment. What can I give my time to that's going to give me the biggest ROI? The biggest return on investment. I, I'm, I'm literally giving the most valuable currency I have. It's, it's more than money. It's more than money. I, I, I have no greater currency that I can give. What, where can I go for the greatest return on that investment? Where can I go? What, what can I give my time to that's going to satisfy my inner being? What's going to fill the empty vacuum of eternity in my heart that another season of Netflix won't, won't fill. Sorry to say. I mean, or, or, I mean, what, where, where can I go that another level up on Fortnite or whatever that can't, that can't satisfy? Where can I go to get the greatest return on investment? In other words, what's the greatest treasure in the universe? What's the greatest object of value that I can spend my time on and get maximum ROI. Let's all read the title for point number two. Ready, go. God! He is our all-satisfying treasure. All-satisfying treasure. I really loved Holly's like, just, Jesus! I want to read these verses to you. Psalm 1611. I hope you like memorize these and, and, and never forget them until we see Jesus' face. I mean, it's just, these are incredible. Listen to this. You make known to me the path of life. Who in here likes the path of life? 
Would you prefer the path of death? <laughs> or or how, about, how about just the path of, uh, would, you, would you prefer that? How about the path of, uh, I, I'm doing me, I'm doing me, I'm good, all good. Do you like the path of life? You make known to me, you make known to me the path of life in your presence is a tiny, eensy-weensy bit of joy. Is that what it says? In your presence is fullness of joy. Have you, have you ever experienced a joy in the human life? I hope so. We need to pray for you if you haven't. <laughs> I hope you've experienced some joy. I hope you won a game. I, I hope you got an A. I, ho- I hope you, you know... Uh, we're at a wedding sometime. I mean, you know, human beings need joy. But where can you get fullness of joy? Where in human life can you get fullness of joy? Eventually, you know what? The 4.0 doesn't satisfy. You get your 4.0, then you get your master's, then you get your PhD, then you get your second PhD. You win the game, you get the trophy, you get the girl. Sorry. There's only one place where we can get fullness of joy. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? In his presence is fullness of joy. You like a Dixie cup of joy or you like a Route 44 of joy? (laughs) I I, I seriously, I want you to think about it. I want you to think about it. You like a route, you like an overflowing Route 44 cup of joy? Yeah, I do. I'd rather have extra large joy than eensy weensy joy. Doesn't that make sense? That's like, I mean, that's like divine logic. In your presence is fullness of joy. If you want to have the best time ever, you've got to go to God's presence. It come, fullness of joy comes nowhere else. All satisfying treasure. Do you believe it? At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Who likes the sound of forever pleasures? Forever pleasures. I'm most of us. Good. I'm glad most of us think that. It sounds pretty good. I'm getting another call. You see? It's very distracting. At your right hand there are pleasures forevermore. You know, sin, sin promises a certain kind of pleasure, and it always delivers. Temporarily, There's a certain kind of pleasure that you genuinely get. That's why people keep doing it. But it's kind of like drinking seawater. You just, oh man, I'm so thirsty. Let me just, oh wow, that salt water just, oh, actually it made me more thirsty. <laughs> and uh, let, me, let me take another, oh I, yeah, oh man, I now I feel really bad. I better do it again. <laughs> Eventually what? You die. You, you, you literally get dehydrated and die. Sin always promises a certain kind of pleasure, but it's about this long, and you always regret it afterward. And it literally destroys man. There's one place where there are pleasures forevermore. It's at the right hand of God. So, I know you believe it because you're here. 
why else would you be here? I, did you know, I don't know if you know this, but um, at least when I was in school, Thursday was called Thirsty Thursday. And it wasn't because people weren't hydrated, okay? <laughs> people were going out to drink a certain kind of spirit. They were thirsty for something on Thursday nights. And, and you know what? We're here at Christian Students drinking the spirit. Yeah. That's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. Uh, brothers and sisters, if the best drink wasn't here, I wouldn't be here, okay? I, I'm just, praise the Lord, he had mercy on me. My freshman year, I met the brothers, and somehow I ended up in this room. It changed my life. I kept coming back. I'm still here. I know you believe it. And I know you've experienced it to some extent. But how much have you experienced it? How much? How much have you experienced God as your all-satisfying treasure? Maybe not as much as you'd like. Because probably you've had an experience like me. You leave a meeting like this, probably you're all pumped up. Preston, he'll get so pumped up, he'll be yelling, screaming outside. You know what I mean? He's a real loud guy, you know? Just kidding. But that's going on on the inside. That's going on on the inside. Preston, Preston's full of, full of joy on the inside. Man, you're pumped. You're praising God. Man, I want to love God. I want to serve God. Maybe this summer I'm going to go to Africa. I'm going to preach the gospel and wherever. Then you go to sleep. And you wake up, and your heart is completely numb toward God and the things of God. That ever happened to you? Oh, man. Oh, God's presence was so awesome, incredible. Oh, my life is forever changed. Wake up. Uh, uh. <laughs> Real talk, I'd rather do anything than read my Bible right now. You ever experienced that? You ever experience that you kind of wake up and it's just, where'd all that love and where'd all that go? Probably you, you'd, you'd much rather have the soul candy of social media. Let me just get that. Oh, yes. Oh, wow. Somebody. Oh, I got eight messages. People like me. Oh, oh wow. Snapchat streak still going. Yes. <laughs> Oh, they affirmed me. Wow, uh, 130 likes. Pretty good. Probably going to delete it. Yeah. <laughs> Not high enough. How many comments? How many messages? Oh, people, a lot of people texted me. That affirms me. I feel really good about myself now. Okay, wait. I'm late for class? Okay. Probably read the Bible later. Maybe, maybe not. You ever experienced that? There's some kind of disconnect. We know something up here doctrinally, but it's not that full about 18 inches lower experientially. We've got something up here that we're really clear about, but actually the affections of our heart say something else. Is it anybody else got this experience but me? Probably you do. Probably you do. So how can we fix that? How can we fix that? I know God is my all-satisfying treasure. He's so good. There's nothing better. In his presence is fullness of joy. And then I wake up the next day and I want anything but fullness of joy. How can we fix that? The good thing is, is that the Bible's full of practical help. And the Apostle Peter is going to give us some help here in 1 Peter 2, verses 2 through 3. Let's read it all together. Ready? Go.
Anybody ever just not, just had this thought, man, I'm just not feeling it? Anybody ever had that thought about anything? Yeah, everybody has. Even, even regarding spiritual things? Yeah, I'm just not really feeling it today. Okay, the long here, long is not like a long period of time. It's like long as in, as in crave, desire. And get this, it's actually a command. <gasps> what the Apostle Peter is saying is, you, Matthew, you, long, crave, desire the spiritual milk of God's Word. You, do it, long, desire. And then we might say, wait, uh, but I'm not really feeling it right now. Doesn't that distance me from that responsibility? When I say that, I'm not feeling it. That means I'm not responsible for it. And, and Peter would say, no, 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 no. The first and greatest commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart. The affections of your heart, they have to be different. And you might say, yeah, but they're not different. And he'd, he'd say, yeah, but they have to be different. And he'd say, yeah, so now I need some practical help because I'm not really longing for the milk of God's word. Here's the big key. Don't forget verse 3. I want you to circle if in verse 3. If means conditional statement. If what? If you tasted that the Lord is good. You know what happens? You know what happens? If you taste again, if you taste again that the Lord is good, you taste again and again and again and again and again and again and again. You taste again that the Lord is good. Eventually your affections catch up with you. And your cravings and your desires, they follow up. And you find yourself waking up in the morning saying, yes, I need God's word. But if we don't taste, those affections won't change. We have to learn how to taste and see that the Lord is good. You know, I like reading the Bible. Much better, I like eating the Bible, okay? I like taking those words on a page and turning them into food for my inner man. When I met the bros on campus, I was, grew up in church and et cetera, et cetera. Had a great, sweet, awesome Bible that I wanted. I asked my parents for it. Never read it. Never opened up the cover. Well, I did open it up once. But I never read it. Why? Because I didn't know what was going on. And then the bros, they helped me. I started meeting with our staff members. I call them full-timers because they serve the Lord full-time. I started meeting with them, and they helped me learn how to take those words on a page and taste and see that the Lord is good. I hope you experience that while you're here. That's also why we do things like this. We set out a huge yellow sheet in front of you. That's a one-year Bible reading schedule. Actually, it's two years for the Old Testament. But it's one year for the New Testament. You know how long that takes? It does take a year. It takes, about two, it takes about two and a half minutes every day for a year. About two and a half minutes. Is the, is the greatest all-satisfying treasure in the universe worth two and a half minutes of your time? You'll be convinced experientially if you taste and see that the Lord is good. And then you know what? You're going to have to taste again tomorrow. Then you know what? You're going to have to taste again tomorrow. Eventually, the affections of your heart will match the beliefs and the things that you've known growing up. Okay. I've got to, I've got to, wrap, I've got to wrap up here. Let's read Proverbs 13, 20 together. Ready, go.
do you want to walk with wisdom in your Christian life? Would you like somebody to say on your kind of student, uh, I don't know, do they have student reviews? Let's just, let's just make believe that they did, okay? Let's just make believe that a professor was reviewing a student and they said, oh wow, Jenny Guerrero, so wise. Wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't that be nice? Really wise. What, such a good use of their time. Wouldn't that be nice? You know how to do that? You just, you just got to get companionized with some other people who are wise. If you're a fool, I was a fool when I showed up to UT. Sorry to say, okay? I'll be the first one to admit it. I was a fool when I showed up to UT. I was spending all my time, my time on nothing, okay? Nothing that's going to last beyond the grave anyway. You know what happened? God sovereignly arranged for me to meet some wise men. Some of them were a little older, like me. Some, some, of, them were, some of them were my same age who had tasted and seen that the Lord is good. You know what happened? We would get around a table. It was our little, our little community group. We'd get around a table. We'd eat lunch together. We'd be laughing and talking. Somebody would have a question. And I just, I couldn't believe how the bros would open up the Bible. And they would take us to, I mean, books I'd never even heard of, basically. And they're just, you know, just, just sniping all these verses, you know. Why don't you turn to 2 Samuel 7, 22? And I'm like, okay, bro. And I'm going to the table of contents so I can figure out where 2 Samuel is. And, and get this, it was enjoyable to talk about Jesus. That was mind-blowing to me. That was mind-blowing to me. It was enjoyable to talk about Jesus. Even after I got saved, I wasn't saved when I came here to UT. I didn't know Christ. And then I got saved. Boy, that was a whole lot of fun. And, uh, but I found that actually it was really, really awkward to talk about Jesus with my Christian friends. I don't know if you've ever experienced that. I did. It's like somebody brings up Jesus and it's like, please, somebody make a joke so that we can change the topics, you know. Unfortunately, that was my experience. Then I, I sat down at a table with a bunch of bros from Seesaw. And I was flabbergasted that it was enjoyable to talk about Christ. And it was normal. And it was warm and inviting. And I loved it. And I had no idea what to call it. Turns out that's fellowship. I met some wise men. And you, and you know what happened? The way I used my time changed. I stopped. I eventually, you know, my... Uh, whatever I was on whatever game that I was totally into, you know, my status lowered a little bit, you know, the time investment there, which was very heavy at one point, started, you know, kind of backing off a little bit. And I found myself doing crazy things like showing up on a Thursday night every week and, and eating and being with believers and receiving the ministry of God's Word. I found some wise men and Everything changed. So, if you want to thrive as a Christian in college, if you want to thrive as a Christian in college, I would recommend you do a few things. Number one, you need to find, you need to find somebody. Find one of, our, one of our older students. Find one of, our, one of our staff members. You need to find somebody that can get with you, answer your questions, and help you learn actually to taste and see that the Lord is good when you open God's word. 
And then I would, I would encourage you, but I think the brothers will talk about it later. I'd encourage you, just go ahead and sign up for a community group. Well, I'm, I'm so glad. Somehow I found that, that um, it seemed like a random lunch table. I think God sovereignly arranged it, invited me to sit down, everything changed. Just go ahead and sign up. You need some wise men in your life. I know I did. I was 18-year-old knucklehead, and I needed some wise men in my life, okay? He who walks with wise, who with the wise will become wise. What we're going to do now is I'm going to pray, and then I think Nathaniel, where's Nathaniel? Big dog. I think Nathaniel's going to direct us as to what to do next. Probably we'll get in small groups and fellowship, is that right? Okay. I'm going to pray, we'll get in small groups, and we'll fellowship about the message, okay? Lord, thank you for this time. Thank you for your word. Lord, thank you for every brother and sister in this room. Lord, I pray that you would have mercy on each one of us and that we would redeem the time. Lord, we would spend and be utterly spent on the most wonderful, all-satisfying treasure in the universe. Lord, teach us to taste and see that you're good, to enjoy you and love you and rejoice in you again and again and again. Lord, do it for all of us. We love you, Lord. Amen.